So what I'm going to speak about today is the altar. Because almost every week, either during worship or at the end of the service, we invite you, come to the altar. We say, come to the altar of prayer. Come to the altar of worship. Come on up. In other words, come on up to the front, which we call the altar, and receive your blessing, receive your miracle, your healing. Well, recently I looked up the word altar in the Bible dictionary, and I found out that it comes from the Hebrew word mishbeach, which means to slaughter, to kill, to sacrifice. How many of you want to come to the altar now? You see, in the Old Testament, the altar was a place where the priests would kill the goats and the sheep as a sacrifice for the sins of the people. So back then, if you wanted to come and worship God, it's not like now we show up in church and we start to sing. Back then, if you wanted to worship God if you, or if you needed God to answer a prayer, you needed to come and bring an animal as a sacrifice. It cost you something. And they would take the animal on the altar, the, the sheep or the goat, and the priest would kill it as a substitute. See, the animals were innocent, but they died in the place of the people who deserved to be punished for their sins. But God was so merciful, he said, you people, you sinners, you rebellious nation, you deserve to die. But in God's mercy, he said, in your place, you could take goats and bulls and put them in the altar and kill them instead. But, and then the blessing would come. So I'm going to read from Exodus chapter 20, verse 24. God said, build for me an altar made of earth and offer your sacrifices to me, your burnt offerings and peace offerings, your sheep and goats and your cattle. Build my altar wherever I cause my name to be remembered and I will come to you and bless you. God said, if you do things the way I told you, if you, when you come to me, if you bring the sacrifice, you put it on the altar, and I'll come down, and I will bless you. I will give you your breakthrough, your healing. Well, in, I'm going to skip now to the New Testament. In the New Testament, the cross that Jesus died on became the altar. And Jesus himself became the sacrifice. He, instead of animals, bulls, and goats, Jesus died in our place on the cross. That's why we don't kill animals anymore in our place. We don't have to do those sacrifices because the death of Jesus paid the price for sin. One sacrifice for every sin that you've ever committed or ever will commit. When Jesus died, the Bible said, you died. See, the death still had to take place. But when Jesus died on the cross, we died with him. 
And that, to me, is the greatest miracle of all. We've been, Pastor George has been doing a series on the supernatural and the miracles. And to me, this is the greatest miracle that the person you were before you received Jesus in your heart no longer exists in one instant. Maybe you were a murderer, a drug dealer, an adulterer, a witch, an abuser. Maybe you were a total mess up. That person's gone. In one instant, God changed your identity. You are no longer defined by your past. In Galatians 2.20, it says, you have become a new creation. So this is Galatians 2.20. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself by me. Your identity, again, was supernaturally changed in a moment. You are not a loser or a failure. There's some of you here, when you look in the mirror, you see a loser. You say, oh, why did God have to make me like this? Nothing good's ever going to happen to me. I'll never have anything. That's not who you are anymore. You've been supernaturally, miraculously changed into a winner, an overcomer. You are prosperous. I, I, it doesn't matter what people called you, how people define you in your past. That is over. That person who you were died on the cross with Jesus. And the scripture says, here's one of the fancy words I like to use. You have been redeemed. You have received redemption. Redemption means that Jesus paid the price for your sin and you are forgiven. But it also means something else. It means that God has given you a new identity and a new nature. He turned you from a sinner into a saint. And I'm going to give you an example now from modern day life. I think me and Sal are the only two Nick fans left in the world. But the Knicks a few years ago had a coach named Mike D'Antoni. Anybody remember? Everybody tries to forget. But when he, when he was the coach for the Knicks, they used to lose every game. He, they, they ran him out of town. Literally, he had to go. They was talking so bad about him. They, he can't coach. He's nothing. He, he left. He went to the Los Angeles Lakers and got ran out of town again. Kobe Bryant, they didn't want him there. They said, he, he can't coach. Well, this year, he went to the Houston Rockets, and he became the coach of the year. And what did the headline say? Redemption for Mike D'Antoni. Now everybody wants to go to Houston to go play with Mike D'Antoni because he has been restored, redeemed. It took him hard work and patience. But for you, it happened in a moment, in an instant. You, there has been redemption for you. 
no matter what you've done, whatever stupid things you did in your past, a lot of things you regret. How did I ever make that decision? Why did I ever hook up with that jerk? You are not that person anymore. All the guilt and shame is gone. What a miracle. You didn't have to do all the years like Mike D'Antoni, get people looking down on him, and he, he became a joke in New York. But well, he's not a joke now. And you ain't no joke either. Because you have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, it says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. So not only have you been changed on the inside, but as you continue to look at Jesus and worship him and read his word, and you behold how he feels about you, See, so you got to look at the real Jesus. Don't look at that Jesus that's been presented by dead religion telling you that, well, maybe he likes you, maybe he doesn't. You'll never know till you get to heaven and he's moody. Jesus is joyful. When he looks at you, you please his heart. If you can take hold of that, if you can see that Jesus that fully loves and accepts you, you will be changed and transformed. But see, here's the, here's the issue. I hear a lot of teachings today that say, yes, Jesus did it all in me. I'm being changed and transformed. He paid the price. He did the sacrifice for my sin. He did it all for me. So now I don't have to sacrifice anymore. I don't have to work hard anymore. I'll just live my life and let Jesus do whatever he wants. I'll just go about my own business. I hear people say, well, if God doesn't want me to get high, he'll just take the desire away. I'll just go on. But Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, In view of God's mercy, offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Sacrifice? I thought that's Old Testament. Why is the New Testament telling me I got to sacrifice? Jesus did it all. He paid the price. What do I got to sacrifice? Doesn't God just want me to have fun and chill, hang out? There's, there's always grace. It doesn't matter what I do because God will forgive me anyway. God doesn't do it all for us. The scripture says that we are co-workers. We are co-laborers with him. You know what that means? We still need to come to the altar of sacrifice. See, that's true worship. You don't only worship God with your words and your music. It's worship 
when your kids need you and you are supposed to hang out and watch the fight and you say, I'm not going tonight, my kids need me. That's just as if you were standing here and worshiping God. Every time you make a choice to love, to follow Jesus, that's true worship. It says, and that's, that's sacrifice that you make that's pleasing to God. See, last week, Lee spoke about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. And remember, Jesus was facing the cross. He knew what he had to do. <coughs> he, he was going to be killed and, and torn apart and ridiculed and mocked. And he sat in the Garden of Gethsemane and said, Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Now, we'll never have to face what Jesus faced, but there have been many times where I wanted to give up or walk away from hard situations, things that I didn't want to face, things that would wake me up in the middle of the night. And every time I had to come to the altar and die, I had to take that thing, my, my own objections, the things that were stopping me, my feelings, my attitude. I had to come and place them down. I had to lay them down. See, that's my sacrifice. It's not enough just to go about living life our own way. Whenever our will, our desire clashes with what the Word says, whenever it clashes with the will of God, we need to live a life willing to say, God, I come to the altar and I give it to you. I lay it down. See, Jesus said to love others as he loves me. And I personally have found that hard to do. Many times I've been offended by people. There's been betrayals. People made promises and broke them. And it became hard to love. And I have to keep coming to the altar. I say, God, I give you that offense. I give you that person, that betrayal, whatever it is that's keeping me from loving. I can't afford to let my heart be darkened by people. So I got to come to the altar and I sacrifice it on the altar. I sacrifice my offense. I sacrifice my pride, my own agendas, my own right to be angry, my right for justice in favor of love. See, love will cost you something. Being a, a Christian isn't all about just sliding through life. I'm doing my thing. I'm walking in the blessing. And I know God says he's going to bless and prosper me. There are days and nights where I, I got to stop and take a stand and say, God, I don't want to do this thing. I can't face it. But God, I give it to you. I place it on the altar. Many times I, I've been here at this altar praying for people. And, and, and people have been weeping because they knew they were in a wrong relationship, an ungodly relationship. And it hurt them, it caused them, but 
they, they laid it down, say, God, if it's not pleasing to you, if it's going to stop up your will in my life, I lay it down in the altar, whatever it costs me. See, there's a price and a cost to this. I'm sorry if you've gotten the idea that grace is cheap. It's free, but it's not cheap. It costs me something every day. If Pastor George was up here and told you about how over the years this church has been built and prospered and people growing, he would give all the glory to God. But he might not tell you about the sleepless nights, the wounds, the disappointments, how many times he's had to come to the altar when things got hard, when they seemed impossible. And he had to die. See, sometimes you just got to die. Yes, I'm already dead in the spirit, but I also got to die to my own will and desires, the things that hold me back. Pastor Bird and Pastor Alice, we were talking about the rap fest. And I'm sure if they, when they do their reunion, they'll tell you how God was faithful and hundreds of people got changed and touched. But I believe they could tell you about all the nights of frustration and the, and the people who said, I'll help you and never showed up. And the times I had to deal with the government and permits and, and finances. And, and it felt hard to go on. And they had to stop, come to the altar and say, God, anything that stands between me and your will, I lay it down. See, if you're ever going to accomplish anything in this world, it's going to cost you. I know that's not a popular message. You're not going to find it on Christian TV because you might, they might not get as many offerings. But this is Bible. You see, making your life a living sacrifice, it doesn't mean I live a life without fun and joy. God made this, he created the earth for us to enjoy. I was listening to a message by some big preacher who was talking to, to all the ministers about how to be in ministry. And he said, make sure that you don't tell any jokes when you're ministering. And make sure whenever you talk to people, you only talk about Jesus. Because this is serious. Life is serious. That's a bunch of baloney. That's not what this life is about. It's a, there's joy. There's peace. We, we have fun. We fellowship. But there are days and times when it takes God's amazing grace to take one more step. And we got to come to the altar and say, God, I give this to you. God, I can do it. God, this is standing in the way. I know it's not from you, so it hurts me. It hurts me to break this off. It hurts me to give it up. But God, I lay it down. I see people with 
going into their marriage situation where they're really, where it's hard and difficult, but they come to the altar and say, God, I put the marriage on the altar. God, I give it to you. I trust in you. See, the altar isn't only a place where I come just to receive. But many times God speaks to me and he, he tells me about, here's what you need to stop. Here's what you need to quit if you're ready to move ahead. So I'm going to ask Jessica to come up right now. Because I, I want you to hear a real life story <laughs> of someone willing to pay the cost. Good morning. Uh, when Pastor Gary asked me to give a little testimony, um, I, I wasn't too thrilled about it, but, um, <laughs> but it's a sacrifice, right? So Pastor Gary asked me to give a testimony about um, his, uh, something that we would sacrifice and give up for God um, because he knows of something that I went through probably about two years ago. So a little bit of background is um, I was an atheist for about 10 years. I came back to the Lord about 2012. Um, I was attending Mahan Bible Church for a while and then um, I used to live about a block and a half away from here, and my family started coming here. I ended up at the sanctuary. Um, and after I was here for about a year, I started feeling like a stirring inside of me, like I, I need to do a little bit more. I need to be growing in my relationship with the Lord a little bit more. I show up on Sundays, and that's great, but then Monday through Saturday, it's back to the regular, you know, day-to-day -day thing that I do. So I started praying about it, and I'm asking God, oh, God, what can I do? How can, I, how can I grow? How can I do a little bit more, be closer to you? What, what, what's standing in my way? What's stopping me from growing with you? Show me. And he showed me. So um, before I came to the Lord, I made some decisions in my life. And one of the decisions was I decided I was in a relationship, and I decided I'm not getting married. I had gone through a terrible divorce. It was ugly, it was expensive, and it left me angry and bitter. And although I was in it, I went on to have another relationship, I just didn't want to get married again. I felt like it was too hard to get out of it. If I decide I want to get out of this, because, you know, that's how I was living. If I decide I want to get out of this, I don't want to have to go through all the stuff I went through, so I'm not getting married. And so I lived with my partner for about eight years. <clears throat> Fast forward to, you know, 2013-ish, I'm in the Lord now, and I'm like, wow, I'm kind of stuck in this thing. I want to grow with the Lord. I want to do things. I want to be in ministry. There's things I felt a calling on my life. There's other things I got to do. But every time I leave church on Sunday and I go home, I'm living in sin. And that's just what it was. I know it's not a popular thing to talk about, but I decided to live with a person that was not my husband. And I had a life. We had a home. We had a beautiful blended family that we raised our children. We didn't have children together, but the children we had from our prior relationships, we raised them together, and we had this great life, a beautiful house, two cars, vacations, and, you know, and we had a decent life. But I was a Christian, and he was not. It was my decision to follow the Lord. It was my decision to grow in the Lord. It was not his. And when I asked the Lord to show me what's standing in the way of my growth, 
How can I grow? How can I be a part of ministry? I want to do things. I want to give back. How could I give back? How could I do more? And how can I represent God when I'm living in sin? And that was a big red light for me. And I said, oh, my God, I can't give all of this up. I can't give all of this up. I have a home and a family. And God, what, what can I do? Please fix this for me or show me the way out. God focused on the or, <laughs> which I didn't really like. And so when God started to show me that I needed to get out of this, I didn't take it very well. Because although I prayed it, I was not ready for the answer. And sometimes we have to be careful what we pray for. Because sometimes God answers. God hears every single prayer. And sometimes he'll answer the prayers that we really don't want him to. And so God started to show me and show me and show me. And I'm saying, oh, God, please save him. God, save this marriage. God, I mean, this, this family, save this. God, this is your home. This is a, fix this. But God was showing me, this is not for you. It's time for you to go. And it took almost a year for me to act, finally make the decision. And I remember Pastor uh, Melissa was um, talking one Sunday up here about how she needed people for the children's ministry. And I said, God, I, I, I can't help because I'm living wrong. I cannot allow myself to get into ministry when I know I'm living wrong. So give me the strength to leave. Give me the strength to take the step that I have to take. In the midst of many other things in my life going wrong, I was in the middle of a fight for my daughter's life. She was in rebellion, and I was just fearful for her life every single day. There was turmoil for me at work. There was just a bunch of things going on in my personal life. And now God is saying it's time for you to move. Just go. And so I remember it was a Saturday night. My partner and I were discussing the end of our relationship. And um, I remember I stayed, I, I slept in the living room that night, and I just cried out to God. I said, God, I know you brought me to this point, and I don't know what the next step is. And I asked for this. My relationship with you is important. And so I have to take this step, but I don't want to. I cried my eyes out that night. And then I came to church on Sunday morning with no sleep. And I sat there where my, where my family sits. And Pastor Michelle came. And she says, can I pray for you? And the message that God delivered to me through Pastor Michelle, in the moment of feeling so broken and so torn down, because here I am, giving up not just a relationship, but a life, my home, my children's home that they grew up in and I'm walking away from it and nobody understands why nobody understands that I prayed and I said God my relationship with you is stagnant and it's stuck and this is what's holding it back so I was making everyone in my family uncomfortable but I knew although I was torn up I knew I knew that I knew that I knew in my heart that this is what I got to do and God delivered a message to me that morning and and the message was basically you're not in a season of loss you're in a season of consecration, and you have to do this. And so I left here um, still feeling bad and broken because and, I didn't know where I was going to go, what I was going to do. Um, but I, took, I made the decision, I'm leaving. This week, I'm gone. I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm leaving. And so the day came when I was going to leave. And that day, that whole day, I'm like, I know I have to leave. Today's my last day. I'm out. I'm gone today. And I pray. I say, God, give me the strength. 
So I went to my bedroom, laid down, took a nap. And when I woke up, I just knew this is it, it's time to go. So I took one outfit, one outfit, I put it in a bag, I called my mom, and I said, Mom, I'm coming home. And I told my son, I'm going, we're going, I'm going to Nana's house. He's like, I'm staying here. <laughs> so he stayed home, he stayed at our old place. And I remember when I walked out the house, I looked back at it, and in my heart I knew this is just not for you. You have to go. And with tears in my eyes, I walked the two blocks to my mom's house. Two blocks to my mom's house. With tears in my eyes and dragging my feet and crying out to the Lord. I said, God, I don't want to do this. I did not leave my old family, my family, my, my partner, because I didn't love him. I left because it was holding me back from my relationship with God. And it was so hard. And I got to my mom's house with tears. My mom opened the door, and I just burst out crying. And I said, I have to do this. And my mom just sat, my mom, thank God for my mom. She's like, Jess, I know. And I'm here and I'm praying. And I spent a year recovering from that sacrifice because I knew oh, the doors were open to my old house. I could have gone back. I could have gone. I can go back today because the enemy is just like that. The enemy just keeps throwing it in your face. Look, look at what you gave up. Look what you had. Look at these wonderful memories. Look at these things that you could, have be, you could be doing. Instead, you're 38 years old and you live with mom. <laughs> but my relationship with the Lord, in that year that I, after I left, that I just, I prayed, I cried, I huffed, I puffed, I complained to God. And God started to show me, this is where you belong. Yes, you are a 38-year-old living with mom. Yes, you gave up a bunch of stuff. But you have a relationship with the creator of the universe. Since then, um, since that time that I, I left and like I said, I was praying and growing in the Lord. And I decided I'm going to hide in the Lord. I'm going to just, God, I'm going to take refuge in you. And so that little room that used to be my little sister's became my war room. And I would walk into that room and say, Mom, not right now. Please, Mom, please. I'd close the door and just pray and pray and cry and fast. And in that time, in that year that I just spent just hiding and, and just running to God for every little thing, my kids are now following the Lord and walking with God, and both of them have gotten baptized, which is something that I couldn't see was going to happen. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but thank God my kids are here. And I, this morning I was sitting and I was kind of reflecting and, and praying, and I, wa I watched them both walk in, and it brought tears to my eyes. And I said, you know what? If I had to sacrifice all of that again so that I could have the relationship that I have with the King of Kings, that God knows my name, that I am in his hands, to see my kids walk in and know that they are fighting for their, their own relationships with God. Because there are things they're fighting to give up. There are things they're sacrificing now. If I had to do it all again, I would do it all again. And it's something small for the return that I know that God has for us.
Amen. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come and those also those serving communion, if you could start to come forward. In the meantime, every one of you should have gotten a piece of paper when you came in. Did it, does anyone have a scrap of paper from when you came in? If you didn't get it, it just any scrap from anywhere is fine. Is there anyone that you need a piece of paper because we're going to do something right now? Um, it, Danny, so you got those people? Keep your hand up if you need a piece of paper. Anybody else down this way? Okay, good. So here's what we're going to do. Well, at least if you're willing to. What I'm going to ask you to do is come to the altar. See, the altar is not about a place anymore. In the Old Testament, the altar was in a building. We, we talk about this as the altar just to have a place to invite you. But the altar today is your heart. It doesn't matter where you are. You can come to God. He's always available. His arms are always open, and he'll never turn you away. And I'm, we're going to take a minute just to reflect. And I, I want those of you who are ready to move forward in the Lord, I'm going to ask you to write down on that paper the thing that you're willing to sacrifice. Maybe it's an attitude. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a friendship that's always tearing you down. Maybe it's, maybe it's a romantic relationship that you know is not right. Maybe it's fear that keeps you from moving ahead. But I believe that each one of us has things that we need today to lay at God's feet, to say, God, I give it to you. Maybe you're having difficulties in your marriage, and you're having trouble loving your spouse. Just write that down. Say, God, I want to love, and I give you all the resistance. So we also have pens here. So here, here's what I want to do. I'm going to ask you just between you and God, nobody else is going to see this. When you write it down, that thing that you're willing to give up, I'm going to ask you to come here to the altar.
tear it into pieces, and we got ushers who are going to clean it up. Don't worry, Pastor Bert. Tear it into pieces, throw it at the altar, and leave it there. Leave your fears, your hurt, your worry, whatever it is that you're carrying. If you're willing to lay it down, maybe it's bitterness. There's somebody that hurt you. Maybe even years ago and you just can't forgive. Just write down the name of that person and come to the altar and just tear that paper into pieces, throw it down on the floor and leave it there. Don't pick it up again. And as you do that, I'm going to ask you to come and just get the communion elements and just between you and God, go back to your seat because these, the communion represents the sacrifice of Jesus. He's going to seal it for you. See, in the Old Testament, when they put the sacrifice on the altar, the fire came down from heaven, the fire of God. I believe as you release that thing, the fire of blessing is going to fall on you. Because as Bill Johnson says, fire falls on sacrifice. Yes, in the New Testament. There's, no, there's not, grace does not cancel out sacrifice for all you Bible scholars here. So I'm gonna, we're going to just play, and, and I'm just going to ask you, just write it down, come to the altar, rip it into pieces. If it makes you angry, tear it with rage and throw it down, whatever it takes. And then just between you and God, go back to your seat with the communion. And I, I believe that there's blessing. The fire of God's going to fall on you. So we're just going to begin to worship. This is between you and God. If you don't want to write anything down, or you're not getting anything, then just come and get the communion. So, okay, we're going to worship. Yes.
Father, in Jesus' name, I just thank you, O oh God, for this word today. Father, I thank you that the words that um, we wrote down on this paper, O oh God, that it won't be in vain, Jesus, but that we would take this time, O oh God, to really reflect the sacrifice that we're willing to lay down, O oh God, that, that we will understand that it, it takes more than just writing it on a piece of paper, O oh God. The enemy is going to constantly nag at us and try to remind us of, of that thing that we wrote down. And Lord, even though it may seem like a mountain, we, we thank you because you're greater, O oh God. You're greater than the mountains in, 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 the, in the lives that we face, O oh God. Lord, I just pray, O oh God, that in this moment that when, when we leave, that's when the reality is really going to set in. That's where the, the battle is going to be um, raging. And Father, I just pray that that our anxieties and our fears, oh God, won't be in the, on the thing that we wrote on the paper, but that we will shift our perspective upon you and on your love, Lord. I pray that your love will just illuminate inside of our lives, Jesus, that we will not be fixated on the storm, but we will just be fixated upon you, Jesus, that, Lord, you're able to move mountains, Jesus. You're able to break chains, Jesus. Lord, if it's been done before, Lord, your word says that you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So the things that we've seen happen before, oh God, you're able to do more and then some, Jesus, today in this, in this, um, in this year, Jesus, that's almost over, Lord. I pray that we will just, we will just be sick and tired of being sick and tired of the same routine, of the, of the same struggle, of the same thing that we're constantly crying about that today that we will say enough is enough we're no longer going to be a doormat for the enemy we're no longer going to just allow our lives to just be bowed down and just allow the enemy to do whatever he wants in our families in our homes but that we will take back what the enemy has stolen from us jesus that we will say no i know who i am in god i am the apple of his eye i am no longer going to be the, the 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 tail but i am the head father i just pray that we will see ourselves the way you see us Jesus that we are that we are princesses and princesses of the most high that we don't deserve garbage that we don't deserve just a constant of that constant reminder of addiction and, and of obsession and of idols Lord that we enough is enough Jesus we want to grow we want to grow today we want to be able to go from glory to glory to glory in your in your presence Jesus so, Father, I just pray that we would just grab a hold to your presence, oh God, that your promises are yes and amen. But for us to realize that, to get that promise, we have to lay this down, Jesus. So we lay it down and we don't remember it. It's in our past, Jesus, and we just move forward knowing that you are greater, Jesus. So we just thank you and we just praise you for who you are, what you're going to do, and what you've already done in Jesus' name.
God bless you. You are blessed. So continue to be a blessing. On your way out, if you could drop.